G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A woman went to see a pastor for counselling one day. Her husband had left her 10 years previously for a younger woman. Since then, her life had been eaten away by resentment and bitterness. You need to forgive your husband, advised the pastor. Why should I forgive him? He's ruined the last 10 years of my life, the woman replied. Because if you don't forgive him, the pastor said, he would destroy the next 10 years of your life. In her book, You Can Be Happy, Amanda Gore said, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Resentment bottles up anger until it poisons the soul and sometimes even the body. Forgiveness is the antidote to the poison of resentment. Paul said, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us as we wrap up our conversation this week on forgiveness. It's a pretty big subject and an issue that many people struggle with. Perhaps you're one of them. Well, this week we've looked at some practical teaching on the subject. And Ken, how about we just summarise a little of what you've shared with us so far? Sure. Well, we began by stating that the major key to being released to forgive others is to know that we have been completely forgiven by God. Now, I know that some think that our being forgiven by God is conditional upon our forgiving others. And of course, they quote the words of Jesus in the prayer that he taught his disciples. He said, if you do not forgive others, then your heavenly father will not forgive you. But of course, this was before he went to the cross. Since then, it is his blood alone that is the basis for our forgiveness. So it's interesting, Phil, that Paul in his epistle to the Ephesians reverses that order completely. He says this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Mm. And you said uh, yesterday, the day before, we really need that revelation that we are totally and permanently forgiven ourselves before we can forgive others and then you shared with us four steps from the teaching of Jesus in Luke 17 regarding forgiveness. So can we just go over those again? Yeah, let's just recap on that. Uh, the first one that Jesus said was um, care, caution, be careful. This matter of offences is a very serious issue. Many people stumble. That's what that word means, offence, stumble. Uh, don't cause others to stumble and don't stumble yourself by taking offence. So that's the first thing. Then secondly, as you said, you know, sometimes we do take offence. So where do we go from there? Well, we confront. We lovingly confront. Go and tell your brother or your sister, let it be between you and that person alone and confront them with this issue. And then the next point is confession. If they say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean that or I didn't understand that, then that leads to the fourth step, which is to cancel that debt or to forgive them, to make it clear, to make it final. Say, okay, matter's resolved and uh, let's move on from here. Mm. Now, I'd like to add to that another step, also beginning with the letter C. Uh, it's not in this passage that we've been looking at, Phil, in, in Luke 17, but it's an issue that often comes up concerning forgiveness. I'm sure you've pr- probably heard people say, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Mm, yes, I have. 
Now, forgetting an offense is not automatic. Uh, God doesn't supernaturally blot out a part of our memory each time we forgive a wrongdoing. It takes time. We've seen that if a person sins against us and repents, we are to forgive that person. But the Bible also speaks about the repentant one bringing forth the fruits of repentance. So this is where the fifth C comes in, change. We want to see change. Whilst we are to forgive immediately when a person repents, it's difficult to forget what they've done until we see the fruits of repentance, until we see them change. And fruit takes time to grow. Now, let's just use an illustration here, um, Phil. Let's just say you come to the same church that I am pastor at, and um, one day we're coming coming into the car park together, and I'm not very careful, and I actually prang your car. So we get out, and you know, I say, well, I'm really sorry about that, Phil, and uh, you know, you've got to forgive me. <laughs> Well, we you do forgive me, and we get it sorted out. Um, but it's kind of like something that doesn't go away. You don't forget it straight away. Mm. Now, let's say next week we come to church, and, and as you're standing there in the car park, you hear this car screeching down the driveway, and you think, what is going on there? Who's that? And it's me, you know, this, this maniac pastor. And straight away you get a flashback. Yeah, that guy, he's not careful. Uh, he pranked my car Last week, he hasn't learned from it. You know, mm. he's still driving in a pretty careless way. And if I do the same thing the following week, I'm making it hard for you to forget, forget about it, yeah. the offense that I caused you. But if my behavior changes, my driving behavior changes, that's making it easier for you to forget. That explains a lot, actually, Ken, because I saw you come in the <laughs> car park here outside the, the studio. But anyway, it's a good point. I mean, you, you, it's probably why sometimes people say that they forgive but they can't forget because the person who offended them hasn't changed their behavior they just keep on doing it yeah so whilst the offended is obligated to forgive the offender must help the person that's been offended to forget by changing his or her destructive behavior now the only way a person will change is by facing up to their unacceptable behavior and sometimes the only way that they'll do that is by seeing that there are negative consequences for them resulting from their wrong behavior it's sad to watch a person not learning from their mistakes, not accepting the counsel and the appeal of their brothers and sisters uh, because of the damage they're doing by the way they behave. On the flip side of that, it's so great when you see the light come on for somebody when they do finally get it. But if there's no change in the person's behaviour and then the person who's been offended might feel justified in thinking that they're just being taken advantage of, what do you do with that? Yeah, you know, Jesus walked in perfect love, but he wasn't a doormat for others. And he never let people control him by their behavior. Uh, You can still walk in love without being controlled by another person's destructive behavior. So when another person persists in hurtful behavior, it may be necessary for the offended party to put some distance between himself and the offender for the sake of his own peace and protection. Uh, There's some good books brought out on that, on the subject of boundaries. And I think a lot of people found that kind of principle very helpful in, in this practical area that we're talking about now, Phil. Mm. Of course, though, in the majority of situations, people are able to both forgive and to forget, and that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, in the book of Genesis, we read that Joseph experienced deep pain and hardship at the hands of his malicious brothers. I mean, think of what he went through, Phil. It must have been hard to have your own brothers betray you, and uh, they wanted to kill him, you know, but one of the brothers stepped in, and then they ended up selling him as a slave to Mm. Egypt. He must have really been deeply hurt by that. But by the grace of God, he learned to deal with their offenses and to move on in life. Um, Now, later in Egypt, of course, he he, he married, and he had two sons. 
And significantly, the name of the first was Manasseh. Now, Manasseh means forgetting. Mm. And then the name of the second was Ephraim, which means fruitful. Note the order. You know, first of all, he forgot, he forgave, he forgot, he moved on, and then there was that fruitfulness. And we see that in his life, how God blessed him in, in such an incredible way. You know, often one of the great things in that fruitful side is that when we do forgive in relationship, the depth of the relationship increases. Yeah. You know, when both both sides know they've been through something, they've had to overcome, they've had to let go of stuff and let the other side, you know, concede something, if you like to the other party, it deepens the relationship. Yeah, uh, my theory on that, Phil, is that, you know, they've actually, as you say, you they've gone deeper. Uh, we can be superficial with each other, and, and that is when we're really afraid to say what we think and what we feel. Mm. So things build up, and that does affect our relationships in, in the long term. But if we can lovingly confront, you know, hey, look, what you're saying there, um, I disagree with or, or I find that hurtful, or offensive, you know, if we can say things and as we really feel them inside, then we're going to a deeper level in our relationships with one another. So if we had to wrap this up with one key statement, Ken, about forgiveness this week, what we've talked about, what is it? I would say again that our forgiveness of others must reflect God's forgiveness of us. God doesn't ask us to do anything that he himself doesn't do. So he confronts and then he forgives those that say sorry, you know, those that repent. And let's have the courage when we need to, to confront when things are wrong, not go to the wrong people, but go to the right people. And when they confess, to forgive them and to be totally reconciled. And as you say, go to maybe even deeper fellowship with them. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.